Back in 2017, Apple was accused of deliberately slowing down the performance of their previous iPhones to encourage users to purchase a newer version. When faced with those allegations, Apple was quick to respond that they were only employing measures to make sure the batteries were protected and subsequently offered to cut the price of battery replacements to $29 instead of the original $50 cost. However, lawsuits followed and the company first agreed to a $500 million class action settlement earlier this year. The company recently agreed now to a second settlement and some media outlets now have dubbed this entire issue as the battery gate controversy. So to give us some more analysis on this, please to be joined by the professor of law at uh, Willamette University, Professor David Friedman. Hello. Hi. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you for joining us, Professor. Uh, Apple has agreed to pay $113 million, uh, for their previous um, uh, practice of deliberately slowing down these older iPhone models and the accusation being that uh, they are pushing customers to to buy a newer Apple product. Uh, they actually issued an apology, which is pretty rare back in uh, 2017, but they did deny the rumors that this was done maliciously or deliberately. Uh, they n- nevertheless have had to pay out millions of dollars uh, to uh, various states. In your opinion, do you feel that there were there were merit uh, there is some merit to the initial allegations that took place? Well, it depends which allegations we're talking about. I, I don't think there's a necessarily evidence that Apple set out to do anything here that was going to, in the end, mislead consumers into buying new phones. But what happened, as sometimes happens, is they had a problem to fix, which was that the batteries as um, operating systems were being updated. The batteries in these phones were running down and shutting off the phones faster. So their solution to this was to slow down the phones to make the batteries last longer. That led a lot of consumers to think, I need a new phone, Mm -hmm. when really what they probably only needed was a new battery. Apple didn't disclose what was going on, and that's really the crux of the problem that they faced. Now... As we know, Apple is no stranger to litigation. Uh, There was a big case here with Samsung that uh, certainly garnered a lot of media attention. But there there are some precedents that's taken place, Professor. The the company already paid French regulators $25 million uh, in February and then $500 million with this class action settlement that I, I just mentioned. Could you just give us some background on what exactly they have been found to be legally liable for? Really, at the end, what they're, what they're liable for is paying out this money as, as a settlement. They mm. haven't admitted mm. to any legal wrongdoing. What they've done is they've said they've agreed, let's take it into two pieces. They, they were sued by consumers in a class action, meaning that um, the consumers were all represented by, uh, by lawyers who sued privately for, uh, for damages, and this was the settlement that was reached the $500 million was a settlement that was reached for the consumers that would enable them to get rebates and, and to get, to get uh, refunds. But Apple never admitted to doing anything. They just agreed to pay right. this settlement, and that's part of it. With the, um, the other settlement, that was with the state governments. And quite often in, in America, the state attorneys general that represent each individual state, um, there about 30 states got together and and uh, filed com- a complaint together against Apple that Apple settled for, 100, for $113 million. And 
also they don't agree to any wrongdoing, but they also agree not to con- that in the future they're going to be more forthcoming and they're going to disclose if they have to do anything like this again. They're going to be fully transparent with consumers. So there's no admission of wrongdoing. Right. There is this big payment of money, and they they're promising not to do it again. Right. So there there isn't a, a legal binding. Precedent issued by some kind of uh, court ruling. Uh, one of those uh, state attorney generals that you, you mentioned with the uh, class action suit in the U.S., uh, T.J. Donovan, he says that this uh, settlement uh, with Apple paying all of this money does show that uh, there is some benefit to doing this, and that in the future he's going to hold any other respons- uh, company responsible that engages in similar uh, nefarious behavior, I guess, according to him. Do you feel that uh, the uh, the actual settlements do, though, cause other companies now to maybe be a little bit more judicious in how they approach things? Yes, I, I think so, um, particularly when it comes to this issue. And you know, there are a lot of devices that we all own that aren't just uh, phones, but they might be other types of operating systems like gaming systems or televisions even that are smart televisions that have automatic updates to them. And I think that um, when these updates take place, there's going to be more of an incentive to be transparent about what's happening and what these, what these things might do uh, to your devices or, or what the consequences might be. I see companies looking at this and not so much being afraid of the financial penalty, but also being afraid of the public relations penalty. Because for a company like Apple, even though to you and me, $500 million seems like a lot of money, and it is, Mm -hmm. or $100 million seems like a lot of money, Apple has $200 billion in cash right now. So what they're really more concerned about is their brand going forward. And they don't they want to be viewed as a as a as a good company, a benign company that that acts in the interest of consumers. So they, they want to put this behind them. And I think the state attorneys general want to be clear to the people that elect them, um, like you, the Vermont uh, attorney general would be an example, the one that, that you mentioned, um, Mr. Donovan. They want to show their public that they're looking out for, yeah. for their interests um, as well. Yeah, and this all seems maybe like a, a, a bit of news from the past. However, the, the reason why it's garnered a lot of media attention here in Korea, Professor, as you've been briefed, is that uh, there are similar lawsuits pending, and uh, there is some hope that uh, Korean consumers will also get some kind of, I, I guess, uh, uh, redress for their grievances without kind of commenting on the Korean, I guess, legal system here, uh, which may be outside your purview. But uh, what, what do you think uh, Koreans will have to kind of consider as, as these cases go through uh, their litigation? Well, one thing that I think um, Korean consumers will benefit from is that in the American cases, at the very least, um, both the private case that was brought by um, attorneys for the consumers and uh, some of the litigation that was brought by the states, a lot of information came out. Those lawyers, in the course of getting to that point, were able to get a lot of information from Apple, millions and millions of pages of documentation and communications that they were able to sift through to get to the problem. And if it's the same problem that is being that affected the Korean market and Korean consumers, uh, Korean regulators and Korean lawyers can leverage that information and can build their case from there. So they have, they have some momentum that they can grab onto going forward. 
All right, uh, we will have to leave it there, but Professor Friedman, we do appreciate your insights, and hopefully as uh, things develop here in Korea, we can uh, continue to call upon you to get some more uh, uh, legal analysis. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Good to be here.